To celebrate Black History, The Post and Courier is presenting a series of podcasts and video interviews featuring 12 dynamic South Carolina leaders to know. We talk to people from all over the state about their efforts to advance social justice, celebrate black culture, address community needs, and create a better world. Our podcasts and videos will be released monthly through January 2022. To learn about South Carolina's pantheon of social justice warriors, go to postandcourier.com slash blackhistory. Join us in learning about our state's remarkable change agents. At the College of Charleston, we're a collection of visionaries, disruptors, rebels, dreamers. Whether it's in the sciences, the arts, education, business, or technology, we study greatness to unlock our own greatness. Because at the College of Charleston, we prepare leaders, not followers. We believe that originality is the best way to stand out. And you'll find that our way of thinking, like the opportunity here, is boundless. Today, we welcome Rye Martinez. Rye Martinez. Hi. Adam. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too, Adam. This is your hometown. Yes. We're in Born Columbia, South Carolina. Yes. What do you think of your hometown? I love it. It's my heart. Just 100% love? 100%. I love it. Even though the history isn't all great, I feel like everything is for a purpose. Everything is for a reason. I love South Carolina. I wouldn't change it for, I wouldn't change where I'm from for, for anything. But you would, you would change certain aspects of where you're from. Right. What would you change about <sighs> Columbia if you were mayor? First and foremost, if I could change anything, it would be our history. If I had to change something. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Correct. <laughs> if I had to change something in the present, I would definitely. Speaking of mayor, I would have um, a woman mayor because I'm all about empowering women. I'm all about and I'm all about raising women voices. So I would definitely like to see that. Columbia has never had one before. So right. that would be history. Yeah. So Bennett, I can't change history. I'm here to make, make history. It. Exactly. Make it. So are you thinking about running for mayor? It's not in my future anytime soon. Um, I'm not looking to run for any office. That is not my goal. My goal is to make sure I stay in the community and stay hands on. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of times people start in little places and then we elevate so quickly and then we tend to forget. I want to be one of those who don't forget and stay hands on. Lose touch with Lose touch where with. we come from. Exactly. So and, and if I do happen to one day, I just want to make sure that I'm in a headspace where I know I'm not going to lose touch with who, who is Rye, you know, and yeah. who is the little black girl from Columbia, South Carolina, you know. Yeah. So I just want to make sure that I'm ready for that. Well, I mean, in order for anything to happen, right, for policies to be implemented, for things to change, you need a variety of forces at work, not just government. You need community activists, nonprofits, you know, you need all kinds of things all working together and pushing various agendas and trying to convince the policymakers to, you know, and so you play a vital role as a community right. rooted activist. Right. I do. Um, and I think that's very important that we all build this coalition and work together. Um, and like you said, politics is a very important role, but so is the people that our hands on in the community because it's a long way from unfortunately currently we are a long way from 
the politicians and the community members. Mm. So I just want to be that gap to fill us in. All so right. until I find something else to take my spot and, and bridge that gap, I'll be that gap. Okay, well, we're going to talk about filling that gap in just a minute because you started this uh, Empower SC organization. I want to hear all about that. But first, let's go back to the beginning in a way yeah. and tell me a little bit about who, just who you are. How did you grow up and where did you grow up and how, how did you come to be the person you are today? Yeah, that's a good question. So I started off, like I said, born and raised here in Columbia, South Carolina. I've lived literally on every side of town in Columbia. So that's pretty much how I know so many people and able to get so many things done because I went to like almost every elementary, middle and high school in Columbia because we moved so much. Oh, wow. um, and if it wasn't a middle school that I didn't go to, it was a neighboring middle school. So it wasn't far from. So I just know so many people, um, know so many people from high school. Um, I only went to community college here. So I went to Midlands Tech. Um, so again, still in the community. I've never gone outside of the community for any educational purposes. Um, so when it was time for me to figure out what I want to do, um in life and what i want to be it was no other choice but to do it in the community because that's literally all i know if i wanted to change professions i couldn't because this is who i am this is emmy my whole family is here yeah. um all of my friends are here right. you know how you have some people they are born somewhere else they're raised somewhere else and then they go to school somewhere else and they yeah. go off to college somewhere else every single a lot thing of people do that the majority of americans I travel a lot, but I always come back home. I'm never leaving my nest. Um, so you are rooted. You I'm are rooted. rooted. I'm rooted. No wonder you said you love Columbia yeah. so much. I love Columbia. Still, it must have been very unsettling to go to attend so many different schools growing up. Yeah. So um, I grew up in housing authority. So we grew up like with, go with government assistance. Mm -hmm. So if it was like unsafe or we just needed to move and we did we only moved like three times but growing up um i had behavior issues in school so i went to like alternative schools so when i would get kicked out of school i would have to go to another school so because they just right. couldn't figure out how to right. how to work with you in the original school right i've always been one to voice my opinion and tell how i feel so just like now, my job is literally to challenge things that I see wrong. Yeah. So I did that even growing up. I've always been who I am today. Like nice. I, on, uh, the only thing that I am now is older. That's, so now it's more so respectable. It like now I'm getting respected for speaking out. Now it's an asset. Right. To, to have this ability. Right. But when you're, I don't know, 10, right. you're just speaking out of turn you're just you need give, to giving the adults a hard time it's right respectful or whatever i was always told to stay in a child's place or that i was never going to make it Ooh. and so just so happened the same teachers that well i was always smart i was always make i always made good grades i always excelled in school that was never an issue the, the issue was me always speaking out but now i've literally have gotten phone calls and emails like now I can see it full circle who you were. I can see who yeah. you are and it makes sense now. Nice. But had I, which makes sense of why they didn't understand because had I've taken, you know, my talent and done something else and gone down a wrong path then, you know, so, but what I did was I took it and basically want to lead in the right way 
Um, and it's really appreciated. So those that didn't believe in me, you have to make a believer out of your non-believers. I guess so. Have you ever heard from anybody who once gave you a hard time as a kid? Uh, have they come to you more recently and said, oh, I'm sorry, or I'm so proud of literally, you or something? Literally, more than one. I literally, like I said, have phone calls, emails, text messages like, Rye, you are doing so great. I just would have never imagined the little girl sitting outside the classroom where her head and her knees would be now being a public speaker and speaking out. Um, and I had a hard time, you know, focusing in school because I would always want to do so many things. Yeah. So when we focusing on one subject, I'm still like, I want to do this, this, this. So now it's making sense of which Why? was a talent. It was a talent from the It was a special the, ability the that time. you had, but they didn't see it that way. But, but I tell you, Adam, it was really rough at the beginning. It was really rough because no one understood me. So it was really depressing growing up. Yeah. It was really, I tell you, what we do is when students have these issues, we throw medicine at them and then we have them being zombies for the day. So, what they said was, well, Rye, you have ADHD. We need to sit, you need, we need to give you this medicine and sit you down. And I didn't take the medicine. So I, like I said, I don't, still don't take medicine. I am who I am. And I was like, look, and I, I told him from the beginning, had I been an adult, what I'm saying wouldn't be an issue, but it's because I'm a child, it made it an issue. But like I said, I think it's, it's all paying off. I think I got practice all the way from being a child. Right. So, so yeah, like I have gotten, I have gotten phone calls. Um, that's great. Yeah, I, that's great. And it's great, I guess, to have the ability to look back and understand because that allows you to, I guess, I guess that right. allows you to go forward. Now. Right. Otherwise, I imagine to be disoriented and confused and angry and harboring resentment and all that would be an inhibitor. Right. And instead you can use it as fuel. Right. To, so, all right. So tell me a little bit then about um, your activism. What happened? We, I, I understand a little better now your, your personality and, and how that uh, feeds into the work that you do. Tell us a little bit about the work that you do itself and how you came by it. Yeah, so I've been in a community hands-on from since I could remember. Like I said, all the way from school, I've always been student body president. I've always done things. I've always been a natural person that take, I've always naturally taken the lead. So um, the majority of it started this summer in the wake of the George Floyd murder when we were all downtown. And I just came down here just as a speaker, just as an activist. I was asked to speak um, at someone's um, protest. Mm -hmm. um, so I just came down as a speaker um, a few say? times. Um, I did a poem um, about America um, and I just spoke, I just spoke from the heart. Most of the time I don't practice when I speak. Me neither. Yeah, I don't practice when I speak. <laughs> I just go book. and speak. I mean, if it's a poem though, it is rememberized. So um, I rememberized the poem. Um, I just talked about the history of South Carolina and the history of America. At that time, it was a bigger issue than just the Midlands and just um, South Carolina in general. So at that time, um, most of my speeches were about America in general. Um, and then after that, I decided let's pinpoint what what I need to work on, what we need to work on. So what I did was I actually 
got, I went in the crowd and I just like looking to see who didn't look shy. So I got someone else to start speaking. And I decided to start like figuring out what can I do other than speaking? That's how I came up with Empower SC with a few friends of mine. Okay. Um, we came up with Empower SC. Um, and so I had some, someone else started speaking and now he, he actually start his own organization too. So, and we work wow. closely together. More yeah. Mary, right? Yep. Yeah. More to Mary. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how it started. So, before you tell me about Empower SC, I'm dying to hear more about it. But uh, this thing about the poems. So, you're you're a spoken word poet and, and just a written word poet, right? Correct. I mean, you have a creative outlet that you've pursued for some years now, right? Correct. And and do you try to leverage? To what extent does poetry then? empower you personally does it is that the, the 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 train to which you can hitch on your activism and find expression for me poetry is i'm a big fan of language arts english ela for me poetry is for all of us i feel like spoken word poetry it's a part of the Af African-American culture. So I feel like poetry, um, spoken word poetry brings us together. Um, and not just African-Americans, all people alike, but I feel like spoken word in, um, specifically um, is something that African-Americans used to use as an outlet. So um, I've always liked music, but I could never sing. So when I would write my songs, I would have to say it as poetry in order to be respected because I can't sing. Yeah. So that's how I started. Um, and actually, which puts in a little rhythm. I mean, it's sort of like rap. It's really yeah. right. And I do it with music. And so it's literally a song, but I do it as poetry because cool. again, I can't, I don't have a great voice. Uh, so I actually started, um, I started poetry and public speaking. Like I said, when I was a child, I got kicked out of school before I was even accepted into the alternative school. I was at home one day and I was like, I was home alone. Everyone else was at school and I just started writing. And I was out of school for like two months before I got into an alternative school. And I had like a book of poetry and I just wow. been right. I've been writing ever, ever since. since. And I just feel like my childhood play a big role in who I am today because I would have never known that I could write had I not had time to sit down and think about, you know, what I've done, am I wrong, am I right, who I am, so, and I and I carry that on to now. So what an amazing tool then, a way to basically examine yourself and who you are and how, and find this way of expressing yourself. That's pretty great. That's really beautiful. Now, a word from our sponsors. South Carolina Buy Black Locally helps you find and support Black-owned businesses in your area, keeping that money in our communities. Our online directory has over 300 listings from Black-owned businesses all across South Carolina, and we're growing each day, reaching more customers through networking and word of mouth. We offer resources for all SCBBL members from events, upcoming shows, and much more. Visit us online at scbbl.co and shop the Black-owned businesses to keep the money flowing in our communities. Okay, so tell me about Empower SC. You're um, you're at the rally. You're reciting poetry. You're encouraging others to join in, and you meet up with some friends and start. So what I did was when I was at the rally, I had to figure out who's in charge. So I was just asking around, like, who planned this? Like, who's in charge of this? And who who did this? I found a person in charge. I'm like. Who helped you with this? So I just started writing down all these names, all these phone numbers, contacting all these people at literally just setting up meetings with them, just informational meetings, 
just so I can know how to, how to organize. Okay. So how to become an organizer, right? Because before I was just a speaker and just a community activist. I needed to know how to organize um, if I was gonna, I, and power wasn't even in my mind. A organization wasn't in my mind. Working on policy wasn't in my mind. It was literally just, let me learn how I can do more. So again- and Were they helpful? It were, they were. So I, I set these meetings up with about three or four people. And once you meet three or four people, they introduce you to three or four right. people. And, and then before you know it, it's a whole community of organizers and activists and uh, politicians. And you just know who to ask for what. I still don't have all the answers, but I can always ask. So um, after I had those meetings, I said, okay, now that I have this knowledge, what can I do with it? Um, so again, I met, like I said, I met a lot of people. I met with some people who also wanted to do something but didn't know how. Um, so we just sat down um, in one of our friend's living room. We literally just said, look, we need a name. Let's meet with city council. We, we wanted to know how could we do something different. So we had a lot of- Beyond just speeches. Right. And in that room, we had a lot of um, different talents. We had uh, policy, policy maker, uh, not policy makers, policy writers. Um, we had um, lawyers, activists, community members, literally everything in one. So we put our brains together and we came up with Empower SC um, to focus on policy change, um, to focus on social justice, um, social justice through policy change. Yeah. Um, so that's how we came up with it. Um, cool. So what are your priorities and your, well, what do you emphasize? Yeah. And how do you go about lobbying for new policy number one will always be police brutality and fixing our police system because as you know our police system in the united states as a whole and in south carolina was built on to focus on black folks so what we want to do is it's not a problem with the police it's a problem with how the police are trained. And I do see them working on it. What we want to do is make sure we're able to let them know how the community feel. And like I said, just the voice of the community. Um, to be available for engagement. Right, right. And um, for years, for years, every police department in the United States have been trying to be more in the community. I feel like what every state and city needs in the United States is uh, organization like Empower SC to, or any organization, but an organization like Empower SC to be that middleman because just going from the police to the community is never gonna work out because this is a lack of trust. The police have a lack of trust for the community because they feel unsafe. I don't know why. And then the community have a fear of the police, which we do know why. So um, I just feel like they feel more safer with Empower SC and Empower SC is actually a faceless organization, you will only see about one or two people. We just take turns, you know, talking to the community and stuff like that. But we really want our work to be spoken for. We really just want to be known for Empower SC and not individuals, or we don't want to be known as Rye, you know, yeah. who co-founded Empower SC or- You co-founded it, but it's really a team. It's really a team. Everybody's working together right. and everybody has right. their part to play. And that's the most important part that we want to get through to the community. Anybody can come and ask how I can help and be a part of Empower SC. Anybody can um, can join. So it's really just a community. Um, and like I said, in our community, we have people with different jobs. You have lawyers in the community. You have social workers in the community. You have policy workers in the community. So it's literally a community. So and it's you more just like a network that you're expanding, Correct. ever expanding. So you, if you 
know you need legal help, let's right. say, or advice, you know you have resources, you have people who you, right. you can call and they'll help you in getting it, I guess, right? Right. Yeah. Well, that's great. And it, that way it can expand throughout Colombia. Right. And, and hope, beyond. We're, we're trying to get it beyond Colombia. We're really trying to find some um, people in Charleston and people in the upstate because it is empowered South Carolina. It's not empowered. The Midlands empowered Columbia. We really, but we have to start here. I had to start. We have to start where we know people. And where the policies are made. Right. So this is the, this is the capital. So it's the most important place to start. Um, and hopefully, who knows, once we get over South Carolina, hopefully we can empower North Carolina and empower right. Virginia there and empower. Go. And before you know it, we can empower the United States National. of America. Yeah, International. Right. right. Okay, so um, criminal justice reform is one of the big topics that you're focused on. Correct. What else? Um, healthcare issues. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to speak out about that. Um, we got some things in the works that don't want to say yet, but definitely some things in the works um about health care um and like you said about criminal justice about food insecurities um this past summer we did um um we did a an event uh, we started a food justice initiative um but we just want to shift the focus from that food justice initiative just a little bit we still do care about hunger a lot but we just want to make it our third priority and not our first priority because we don't want to be known for that we want to keep the focus on our main um, objectives first. Like um, last summer, we also we also spoke with city council about the budget, the city's budget. We want to reallocate some of the funds from the police to the community. And it's not that we want to defund the police. We just want to refund our community and make sure that our community has what it has, what it needs. Yeah. We're not sure that what it needs is all of that money into the police system. So. I mean, but I mean, the argument goes that if some portion of that money is is diverted into social services and the like, then you begin and you begin to invest in communities, then you reduce the need for the police in the first place. Correct. So what we need to do is we need to take a few steps back. We need to start from the beginning. So we need to go into the schools and focus on the next generation. Right. Okay, right. Focus on their mental health. Begin at the beginning. So we need to go and find the right issues to the don't put that in there. I said my real name. <laughs> Let me go back. Okay. We need to start from the beginning. We need to go back. We need to find the rise in those schools, the little problem childs, and not just give them medicine. We need to give them social workers. We need to give them attention. We need to figure out what's going on at home. Maybe they move too much and maybe they feel uncomfortable. Maybe they don't have any friends at the school or just figure out what's wrong with those kids who's growing Sometimes up. Sometimes nothing's wrong with them. Sometimes they just need a, a different approach. Right. A understanding, the ability to express themselves in untraditional ways. Right. Right. And um, and I know when growing up poor, you don't, the only outlet you have, um, especially like for extracurriculum activities, is like sports in school. Yeah. Unlike the middle-class community, they can do, they their parents can sign them up for sports and dance oh, and anything, right? anything. and we couldn't afford that so the only thing i could do was at school so if i need attention i'm gonna find it at school everything was at school at school when you get home there's nothing yeah. you go outside it's trouble so we just want to make sure that outside is not trouble we want to make sure that they have those even if it's like a discounted program where we pay for half the sports and the parent pays for the other half. Maybe they couldn't afford the other half. Maybe they had some of it. Maybe they had none of it. Yeah. So we just want to give the community those things. And we could do that by just taking some of those funds from the 
police taking some of those um, some of those militarizations from our law enforcement, putting that into the community, feeding our kids, putting more grocery stores, making sure they have breakfast before school, making sure they have the social workers. When I went to high school, we had one social worker in the school and a lot of the school needed a social worker. It's just too much for one social worker. I feel like in specific schools, we need as many social workers as we can get in there. If we need two and three social workers, that's fine. If, matter of fact, what we should do is find a program so that our community members can go to school to become social workers, yeah, right. right? Because that's where the real yeah. connection is. Like, I'm you, you're me, we're we, right? We're one, as one. So those things we could do if we could just reallocate those funds. It all starts with the budget. It all starts with making a connection to the community, let them know that we're working for them. Um, it's really a question of will and priorities more than anything. You don't necessarily need to raise taxes or whatever. Uh, it, it's, it's, so in your, I know you're still a relatively new organization, but so far in your push to reach policymakers and to advocate for new policies like these that you're talking about now, what, what has been the response? What kind of, um, I mean, are you, do you find open minds or do you encounter resistance or a little bit of both? Um, you're gonna always have resistance. Nobody wants to be told what to do. It's kind of, especially when you're new, it's kind of like, who are you? So last year, we really spent the majority of the year introducing ourselves to lawmakers, introducing ourselves, not coming so hard, like, hey, not coming so hard, like, hey, we want to defund the police, but we was letting them know empowerment is always, you know, more approachable with it like hey we would like to refund our community and here's why so yeah. we want to explain ourselves yeah. um, and we think that's the best approach mm -hmm. um, so yeah we do have the kickback but like I said we've been making these um, warm making ourselves have warm introductions with lawmakers which is how we feel the the correct approach is okay. um, and none of us want so to you're not coming at it really no. aggressively gangbusters no. wagging your finger no you, you want because engagement feel, and negotiation right Right, and that's exactly what we're gonna do. We wanna sit at the table with um, lawmakers and let them know this is what we want. How can you fix it? Um, and we've literally been having ears open. I can't say a lot of people do want change. I think a lot of people don't know how to go about the change, but I feel like a lot of people do want change. Now it's the time for change. Um, so hopefully I have high hopes for it. Yeah, do you feel this is like a ripe moment? I think it might be. You have um, uh, Mayor Benjamin is stepping down, and so you're going to have a new mayor. Um, I don't know. There's this kind of uh, re reengagement in this in this reckoning. You know, there's a kind of uh, national reckoning really that's happening. People are talking a little bit more. They seem, at least in some places, more willing to confront the issues. Um, do you, what's your sense of where the historical moment and the opportunities that we face in the immediate future? With mayor? Well, in general, I mean, here in Columbia specifically, but also more broadly in South Carolina and beyond. How likely do you think it is that you'll be successful? 
I think is very likely. However, success takes time. Success doesn't happen overnight. Successful people never rarely are successful the first try around. Mm -hmm. It is the quitters and the giver uppers and the never minds that lose. So as long as we continue to build our organization, helping others build their organization and keeping this coalition, I feel like we will be successful. It's no other choice but to be successful. Now, <clears throat> if you look at success from a point of view of everything that I asked for needs to be done and needs to be done now, then we will not be successful. It will fail. But that's not what we're expecting. What we are expecting is to be heard and see some change. Okay. Incremental, even. Correct. Is better than nothing. Correct. Okay. So it sounds to me like you are a pragmatist. Correct. And I'm okay with that. Which is fine. That's, I am okay that's with that. Not an insult. Because I tell you, I'm not an easy ask. So, so when I ask for something, it's a very long ask, right? At least maybe you'll get something. Let me tell you something. If I go in a courtroom and ask for something, I'm asking for the top because I'm already expecting the middle, right? So it's the same, it's the same thing. And that's okay. That's literally, that is how it works. So anybody work. that is like, we need this done like this, exactly like this. And we want it done now. Those are the people that does, that do not believe in, in anything, you know, because they want it their way, but it's not going to, it's not going to work out like that, but we will see change. Yeah. We will see change. But I, I mean, by the same token, I guess you have to acknowledge the pent up frustration, yeah. especially among people who've sort of been under the thumb so long, you yeah. know, and, and it's, it's, it's easy to lose patience, I think. It is. I think a lot of people are frustrated yeah. and I think all people are frustrated, not just African-Americans, African-Americans the most, but African-Americans, white Americans, Hispanic Americans, everybody's frustrated that we're just not seeing what we want to see when we want to see it, which is why we need to try to change our minds to ch making change at a, um, in a ladder form, uh, in a stair form, mm -hmm. instead, of a, instead of an arrow form, right? And why we need organizations like Empower SC, which right. is rooted here, grassroots, networking, expanding, concentrated on policy, working in the state capital, uh, focused on engaging policymakers and the like. I mean, I think the overall goal um, for organizations like Empower across the United States is to see a change over the next 10, 20, 30. Years. Um, Hopefully and we won't be underwater by then. <laughs> right, because at, I rate laugh. <laughs> <laughs> at the rate we're going, we just might be underwater by then, right. but, um, or on fire, but. <laughs> right, or on fire, not fire. <laughs> um, we're looking to see um, a change over time. So I think that, like I said, that's what we're shooting for. The well, next make 20, it 30, so. 40 years. Make it so, Ray Martinez. Make it happen. so. It's going to happen. Uh, excellent. Well, listen, congratulations on all of the work Thank and you. on getting to the point where you are, where you're able to really engage like this in the community. Uh, good luck with Empower SC. I hope you get more and more empowered as you go along. I'm sure you will. Uh, given the leadership and the ideas and the open-mindedness. Thank you. Um, and what a pleasure to meet you. Thank you, Adam. Thank you for having me today. Thank you. Thank you so much. 12 Black Leaders to Know is a special series of The Post and Career, produced by Chris Zeller, with interviews conducted by Adam Parker, and video production by Matthew Crum. Thank you to our sponsors, Bank of America, College of Charleston Master of Business Administration, 
South Carolina Governor's School for the Arts and Humanities, Claflin University, Nephron Pharmaceuticals, South Carolina Whitmore School, Ingevity, South Carolina Buy Black Locally, Trident Technical College, and Middleton Place. To learn about South Carolina's pantheon of social justice warriors, visit postandcourier.com slash blackhistory. Need ideas for your next family reunion? Use the Green Book of South Carolina's Family Reunion Toolkit. The toolkit offers exceptional experiences like pre-planned day trips and suggestions for exploring South Carolina's rich heritage. Explore your roots at African-American cultural sites selected by the African-American Heritage Commission for a reunion you'll never forget. To plan your family reunion now, now visit FamilyReunionSC.com. That's FamilyReunionSC.com to get started.